Hi, this is Mary Coughlin, and I want to welcome you to the Care Out Loud podcast, presented to you by Caring Essentials Collaborative, founder of the Trauma-Informed Professional Certificate Program and internationally recognized leader in trauma-informed developmentally supportive education for parents and professionals serving babies, children, and families in crisis around the globe. I'm wicked excited you're here as we talk about caring out loud. In each moment lies a unique opportunity to create a kinder, more connected and compassionate world one moment at a time. And it all begins with you. Welcome back to part two of my interview with the amazing Lauren Ingledow of the Adult Preemie Advocacy Network. Lauren dives deep into what has motivated her advocacy work, some of the challenges she encounters, and her commitment to not only raising awareness of the lifelong impact of preterm birth on adult health and wellness, but actually transforming systems of care to support and manage the ongoing health needs of this incredibly unique and underserved population. Thanks for joining us. That's that's my personal reason is for, you know, doing this work is that I, on paper, I look like I've done well. You'd look at my background and probably think, oh, prematurity hasn't really affected Lauren that much, but it's the internal impact yeah. it's had yeah. on me and my, my family, my mum, people that know me well yeah. would say that it's had an impact. And I don't want future generations, even current generations, to continue to feel that sense of sadness and frustration and anger mm. because it's it's not fair. Yeah, it's not it's fair. not it's not loving. It's not it's not what we're here to do. I mean, I think you know the what seems what seems like such an an expected natural thing to just embrace individuals wherever they are meet them wherever they are, and then support them on their journey. It just seems like such an easy, right thing to do. We struggle with our systems, right? I mean, we struggle. We want to make it easy for ourselves, you know, for the, for the provider, for the, for the institution. And yeah. so we create these guardrails and everyone needs to fit into this framework. Yeah. And I think what, we, what you're showing us and is, is that, that that doesn't serve, that, it, you know, creating institutions of education, of healthcare, of justice, isn't about serving the institution. It's about serving the individuals who, you know, who are reaching out for support, either healthcare, education, social justice, and any of those kinds of things. So I think that's really what, what you're highlighting here through this advocacy of this very important um, group of individuals that have survived something absolutely, you know, just horrific, challenging. Um, but it's not just about surviving your life, right? I mean, you don't want to, it's about thriving and flourishing in your life. And when you meet up against so many roadblocks, it's not, it's not, well, you, you've achieved, you know, I've got a college degree, so you're fine. I'm more than, you know, my, my college degree. It's really trying to transcend that and see people 
as multidimensional, not as one dimensional, right? And, and that those multiple dimensions really speak to the, the totality of their, their happiness, their quality of life, and, and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, if you were to kind of think about all the amazing stuff that you've done now, uh, you formed the Advocacy Network when you were 26. So it's been about eight years or how long has no, it been? No, no. So the Adult Premium Network, so I joined Jeff and Juliet were there before me. Okay. So I, found, I found them. So I joined them in November 2020. Wow. Um, we started the advocacy group in January 2021. So we've just had our two-year anniversary. Ah. So we've actually only been going for two years. And I think sometimes I sit down and think, oh, we haven't done anything. But actually in the space of two years, right. we've made massive strides in reaching out and connecting with, with people. How has your community grown, Lauren? So between the two Facebook groups, we now have 315 members. Wow. So 178 of those are adults born premature. Amazing. So, and for the website, we've had 1,751 visits in the space of two years. That's amazing. Um, and from the data, we're being accessed by people from 51 different countries. So oh far. my goodness. I was going to ask you the reach. That is phenomenal. That is so where you're at now, though. I mean, so we've had conversations about the direction that you want to go. Do you feel cool about sharing maybe some of the vision that you have for the next steps for the advocacy group and, and your mission in, in helping these individuals? Yeah, so I think we'll continue to reach out to researchers to try and encourage them to share their work publicly. I suppose maybe if anyone watching has any tips on how to connect and translate this research into clinical and daily practice would be yeah. awesome because that's something we sit and scratch our heads about. Yeah. quite a lot yeah. because there's definitely still a barrier there and I don't think that's deliberate I think that's again it's education and awareness mm -hmm. so yes. maybe trying to create a continuous professional development programs for um, primary care consultant level education programs that is probably the first step Juliet is a nurse a pediatric nurse herself so she's been fantastic in reaching out to her lecturers and I know she's given similar talks to me Excellent. to students to try and encourage a greater understanding and get them to think yeah. about that within their career so I think they're the main aims for sort of yeah. this year anyways to brilliant forward with that one Brilliant. Are there specific needs, support, or resources that you're able to provide to the members of the network, the advocacy network? Yeah, so I mean, really, at the moment, it's still, it's really finding the academic papers. Mm -hmm. And for which, I mean, I totally understand me and Juliet, having been to university and studying scientific topics, yep. we have a little bit of an advantage maybe over some people in that we're able to half understand some of the things that they're <laughs> talking about. So one of our main aims this year is to really focus on uh, creating plain language summaries 
of these papers yes. to make them accessible mm-hmm. because my background is veterinary but it's very much um orthopedic so bones ligaments and neurology so whilst I have a general overview of how the body works it's not my specialism yep. so I try to disseminate this research in as much as my understanding goes but I'm very wary I suppose I don't want to interpret this information in the wrong way yeah and give false information so that's something I think again reaching out to the wider community if we can have some help with that that's brilliant yeah I know Mary you're going to help us with some wonderful webinars into explaining trauma-informed care and maybe a little bit of stress and epigenetics and how that's going to impact us because again it's not just health it's mental health yes that is definitely being impacted and I think for us everyone's at very different levels of where they are in understanding their journey within the scope of prematurity, how it's impacted them. But I think just being able to provide people with the basic information of how this may have impacted you would be so beneficial because again, it's going back to the, I'm not crazy thing. This is, you know, it does have an impact on on my life and my quality of life to varying degrees, but it's having access to that information to feel supported and to feel heard and recognized. Yeah. And I think, I mean, knowledge is powerful, right? And the more knowledge you have, and particularly knowledge that's grounded in evidence and science, then you feel like a more confident advocate for yourself when you're engaging with your, you know, your primary care clinicians or, you know, any, anybody that you're interacting with. So I'm, I'm excited to do this. We need to get some dates on the calendar to to move it forward but it's it's really exciting and I and I like that you know you know when you were doing the searching that this idea of trauma-informed care really seemed to you know resonate with you that you that you were able to make that connection because of course you know I absolutely believe that you know that premature birth or even you know for full-term individuals that require intensive care that's a traumatic event in your life that's happening during a powerfully vulnerable period of development so understanding you know just the consequences of that um, go well beyond that short-term neonatal period and and people need to understand it and so it's been really just brilliant to have made your acquaintance, to have the opportunity to connect with you and support your mission, because really and truly, Lauren, your mission is is aligns with my mission, you know, and the mission of yeah. of caring essentials to create a, a kinder, more connected and compassionate, compassionate world. Um, so, you know, in the, and we've, we've kind of touched on this, you know, already throughout the conversation, but just for clarity, you know, kind of clarity's sake. How do you see your work right now then impacting society at large, you know, and and impacting the community, um, but also impacting future generations? Hopefully in a positive way. So even just the fundamental fact of feeling connected to a community is the start, I think, on anyone's journey is just the acknowledgement. But anything we can do to spread the word in a 
And I think, as you alluded to earlier, there is a sense of frustration within the community that with, you know, 40, 50, 60, sometimes years down yeah. the track, the level of movement has been minuscule in yeah. some respects. Yeah. But it's about trying, I think, to recognise that I'm 1980s baby, I was born at 26 weeks, there weren't the numbers there to extrapolate this knowledge in a definitive way. We're beyond that now. And from my point of view, there isn't an excuse anymore to say, you know, oh, you know, we we need to keep researching or no, it doesn't impact you. Yeah. It's putting this into place so that people do have access to support or informed support is the key part, I think. You're you're absolutely right. And I love what you just said. Um, I mean, research is wonderful. And I think, you know, the more knowledge we have, you know, is is great. But you can't keep researching something now that you know that there is a connection, now that you know that this premature birth, this early life adversity um, has completely derailed the developmental trajectory of these individuals. And it's not about what I think, you know, of their experience. It's about their personal lived experience of the life that they have and all of the experiences that have created that life it's what that life means to that individual and are they living their fullest life and if the answer is no then it is incumbent on us to address that in meaningful measurable compassionate holistic ways right i mean it does it's wonderful that you went to college you know i mean everybody would be like yeah so what's your problem there's so much more to who you are than a college graduate, right? Who I forget who, which wise person said, we're greater than the sum of our parts. And we really need to fully embrace that. And so I, and I think that that's exactly what you're showing us right now. And you're sharing with your incredibly eloquent presentation of the work that you do, the, the journey that you've been on is just so incredibly amazing and, and admirable. Um, and we will make a difference. I mean, that's, you know, that's what this work is about. That's what this podcast is about, getting that information out there, letting people hear these stories and be compelled to take the action that is so necessary to transform the experience of all of these individuals and their entire developmental trajectory. It's, it's just amazing. Let, I mean, yeah, go ahead, go. I was just going to say, let me stick in. I don't have a cold and I don't have COVID. So my voice is probably the most noticeable part of my prematurity. So I have vocal cord paralysis from being on a ventilator. Yeah. But that's just another, it's a perfect example of how being premature can impact you. The first thing people ask me is, and they are well-intentioned, do you have a cold? But imagine being that with every interaction you have with people, the first thing they ask you is, do you have a yeah. cold? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is, it's such a simple thing. And it's something that this has always been a part of who you are. This is your voice, um, but it's, it falls out of the range of what we expect a voice to sound like. And so we go to that other place we go to that place, um, that judgment place, instead of a place of, and I mean, people are going to ask, right? I mean, and that's okay to ask, but then the, the answer 
is so insightful. Who would have thought? You know, we know that a certain percentage of individuals who experience intubation will have, a, a, you know, the consequence of vocal cord paralysis. But what does that look like when you're a 34-year-old woman? This is what it looks like. And it, it's not that it has derailed you as a, as a human being, but it is a unique feature that needs to be recognized, honored, embraced, right? I mean, it's just, yeah, it, yeah it's... And again, it's, it's the reality of it. I can remember at school, you know, everyone always says, speak up. Can you shout? It's like, no, actually, I, yeah. I, I can't. I can't, yeah. And it's not exactly. deliberate. I can't. I just, I'm not physically capable. <laughs> it's, I, it, yeah, I, I think that this is really amazing information that's really going to really touch the hearts and souls of so many people and also awaken the curiosity of others. I know you're working with several researchers who are specifically committed to adults born premature. And so the more that work gets out there, the more this research is available, we need to really advocate and be super proactive about getting that research into the hands of the primary care physicians. You, you, I think we've had this conversation before about there's this gap, you know, it's yeah. like 15 to 17 years between the time research discoveries are made and they're actually implemented into clinical practice. People don't have 15 to 17 years to wait, right? I, I've, I've got the prime example for that one. So my birth history is my mum had preeclampsia. So for one, there's a whole different conversation about how she, she is well, but she hasn't been followed up in the sense of kidney yeah. function, blood pressure, et cetera. But from reading, there's also evidence to suggest my risk of blood pressure kidney function there we go yep. and there is some evidence for early risk of stroke as well so by the time yes. for early 40s I think there the evidence is pointing to but like yep. you say I'm 34 I'm creeping up to 40 and I have yep. no idea because no one yes. understands it could be that this that side of it will never impact me but I don't know and at the yeah. moment, it's a bit like a noose hanging over or hanging here because yeah. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. And that will have an impact on people's life choices, I think. Yes. If you, you are aware of having something that might be life-limiting, do I, me as an example, do I now sit here and effectively retire wondering yeah. you know am I not going to be here by the time I'm 50 yeah. or can we do something about it to modify that can I have some assessments to give me a better understanding of what my real term risk is and I can plan accordingly but also are there some strategies and interventions then that can be initiated that can actually mitigate that those risks that you are, you know, identified as having as a consequence of prematurity and, and being the birth of a, a preeclampsia, being the predisposing event. So again, you know, that idea of a specialization doesn't sound so far-fetched. I mean, it really sounds like an incredible opportunity to improve the health of this very unique population that has identified risks. We now know that this population has unique medical needs that are not being addressed. 
that are not being investigated and explored in ways that can enhance the longevity of your life and the quality of your life as well, both physiologically and emotionally. Because I mean, it's the American Psychiatric Nurses Association here in the US, they had this really awesome white paper and it was, in, it was titled, All Health Begins with Mental Health. That you know, your physical health causes anxiety that exacerbates your mental state that then activates a physiologic stress response and it just becomes this crazy you know, feedback loop. And so you know, we need to focus on both dimensions, the, the whole person, right? Yeah. It's mind, body, and spirit, spiritual health as well. There's just so much that needs to be done and it's absolutely brilliant that you're leading the charge with your colleagues, Jeff and Juliet, to really address and, and form this network that obviously now, I mean, global reach, that's brilliant, 51 countries yeah. and hopefully even more. So I'm so honored, you know, that, that you're doing this work that we've had the chance to meet. If you were to, if you were to kind of pull back now, all right, you're, you're doing all of this amazing work. And I, and I know when you're in the throes of the work, you, it always feels like you're never doing enough that, because there's so much more that you have to do. Is that fair to say, Lauren? Yeah, very bad to say, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> right, right now in this moment, what is your one big thing, that one big thing that would let you know beyond a shadow of, of, of a doubt that you have reached your, your vision, that you're, that you're doing what it is that you need to do? Is there one big thing out there that you're trying to yeah, move I, forward? I, Go. I suppose from, I don't know, anywhere, it's a tick box. It's yeah. being at that point where people are aware and they're educated on the impacts of prematurity and prematurity is included as a tick box. Yeah. As yep. an acknowledgement that there may be a need for some yes. support. Yeah, that it's definitely a contributing factor to your overall yep. health and wellness. Brilliant, that's absolutely brilliant. Well, I mean, I have to be honest with you. You absolutely exemplify what it is to care out loud, to be able to take your own life story and, and, and use it as, a, as a, a place to engage with other folks that are also, you know, struggling with very similar experiences, struggling, um, you know, to feel seen, to feel um, honored and, and acknowledged for their own lived experience. You're just, you're doing it. And I'm, I'm just so blessed to, to have made your acquaintance and to have had you come on and, and share the work that you're doing with us. Well, Thank you for all the work you're doing, because oh, without you, I wouldn't be able to look back and say, oh, actually, there's someone, another person I can reach out to and connect with that understands my my journey and my experiences and the group's journey. And you're so open and willing to listen and discuss. It's it's really humbling. It's lovely. Oh, God bless you. We're we're on the same mission, I think. We're kindred spirits, to be sure. Definitely. Thank you, thank you so very much. Thanks so much for listening in. I hope you'll join me next week as I get to sit and chat with a true role model, mentor, pioneer, and transformational leader in the field of global neonatal nursing and education, the one and only Dr. Carol Kenner, who is the Carol Cuser Loser Dean and Professor of the School of Nursing, Health, and Exercise Science at the College of New Jersey and founder and CEO of the Council of International Neonatal Nurses. Hope to see you soon. Showing up on purpose makes the difference, and that difference begins 
when we care out loud together.